turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. And that's exactly what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And we're in a series today called Outside the Circle in a Faith Gone Viral as the struggle for power has been the root cause of many evils. Scripture presents a model for power that is not destructive, but peaceful, transformative, and beneficial to everyone. So what can we learn about this power and how God wants to use it to impact the world around us? The message today is called The Demonstration of Power. Pastor Sean is in the book of Ephesians. It's time for Real Life Radio. And see, because our question really today is, what did the Apostle Paul mean when he talked about the power of the Spirit? A demonstration of power in the Spirit. What did he actually mean? Now, if you have your Bibles, I hope you are, electronically or paper or through our notes or whatever, flip over to Ephesians chapter 3, because Paul wrote more extensively about power in Ephesians 3. Now, verse 7 is where I'm going to start, then I'm going to skip down to verses 14 and 21. Okay, but in verse 7, he introduces this idea. Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. And then he goes and talks a little bit about that kind of on a personal basis, but then he picks up in verse 14. He says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and being grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and height, and depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. That is such a powerful verse. To him who's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work with us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, in that passage, the verses we just read, he lists power three times. It says, talks about strength twice. And I want to point out, we would be remiss if we didn't kind of acknowledge that Paul begins this conversation about power in a unique way. In verse 14, remember what he says, for this reason, because of this power, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. Um, If you're taking notes, jot this down in the margin somewhere. Spiritual power always begins with submission. Spiritual power always begins with submission. See, Paul says, use the phrase, for this reason. Because of the great power that God had given him, and because of the power that had worked in him and the authority that God gave him as apostle, he says, I begin, I bow my knee. Spiritual power always begins with 
submission. That's a very significant understanding. He uses the phrase according to the riches of his glory. According to the riches of his glory. I love verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. We need to understand the kind of power that we're talking about. We use the, you know, I grew up hearing the King James exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. So many of us have such low expectations when it comes to the Father. Such low expectations when it comes to our faith. God has given us a faith that is filled with power. And in fact, what Paul is saying, that was how he spread the gospel. And and the Apostle Paul was used to spread, spread the gospel unbelievably. It was with demonstration of the Spirit and power. But notice the phrases that he used throughout this passage. He talks about this, you may be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being. That's verse 16. He talked about in your hearts. He said you may be filled with the fullness of God. And he talked about the power at work within us. I want to point out real clearly, Paul is talking about a power that is focused internally. We need to make note of that. That's really important. A power working within us, in our inner being, in your hearts. You're filled with the fullness of God. The focus of this power is internal. It is about life change in us. New Testament power is the power of life change. It's really what it is. Him who's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Now, here's the problem, and I want to just kind of hold these up. We tend to want the control over people or our surroundings kind of power. That's the kind we think of. But that's not what the New Testament presents. We tend to even want that in our spiritual circles. We think of the power of God as God doing what we want, whether that's praying for healing. And folks, we pray for healing. We've seen God heal. We've experienced that. We believe that's a biblical thing. But I've seen so many people derailed when they prayed and God didn't heal in the way they wanted. And so what that revealed is we want to think of power in the context of God doing what we want. And we want to, we'll, we'll, fight, we'll go and we'll take our sick friend. Rather than just praying because it's God who does the healing, God who does the restoration in the way and in the time that he wants. Rather than just doing that, we'll take our friend to someone who has kind of the hot hand, you know. Oh, my friend told me about a guy in town, they're having meetings, and he's got the hand. I mean, really, you know what I'm saying? And, that, and what we see is like flesh being bolstered up. And flesh being exalted. Because there's this image of being able to control people or our surroundings, God doing what we want, or even controlling the Lord. And I just want to say that is absolutely not what Paul is talking about when he talks about the Spirit's power. It's something very different. In fact, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The power of viral faith is the power of life change. Power of viral faith is the power of life change. And just stop and think about that phrase. Think of how amazing and awesome that power is. One of our greatest obstacles is the idea of life change, heart change. The power of viral faith is the power of life change. See, that's the second demonstration. The first is the cross and that demonstration of love. The second demonstration that Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 2 is the demonstration of the power of of life change. And that will take our faith viral along with the other. You know, I grew up in a tradition 
Pentecostal tradition, and a lot of people taught the evidence of being filled with the Spirit was speaking in tongues. Okay, that was in our tradition. Some of you may have been encountered that or heard that. The evidence of being filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues. It's one of the spiritual gifts talked about in 1 Corinthians 12, in 1 Corinthians 14, other places in Scripture. And growing up, I was taught that that's the evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Well, the problem is, as I studied the Word, I've discovered it never says that. It never actually teaches that. In fact, it gives crystal clear what the evidence of being filled with the Spirit is. It's found in Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 24. Listen, and it's, it's called the fruit of the Spirit. What better way to say, this is how you'll know, because that's what you're looking for. How do I know when I'm filled with the Spirit? How will others know when I'm filled with the Spirit? Well, here it is. This is the evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 24. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You want to know how someone is filled with the Spirit? You want to tell someone you got filled with the Spirit? Oh, I got filled with the Spirit with the evidence of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance. That's the evidence. Real power always results in life change. See, I, I, I've seen throughout my years as a follower of Jesus Christ crazy things done, supposedly in, in the name of Jesus, supposedly done in his power, but then obviously not in his power because, one, the fruit was not good, and two, the fruit of the person who was claiming the power was terrible. Yeah, but they, they did this and it looked so cool. Oh, I got goosebumps all up and down my spine. Mm, it was good. No, it had to be the power of God. I had goosebumps. That doesn't just happen. No. The power of viral faith is the power of life change. Now I want to talk real quick about three manifestations of the Spirit's power to change lives. Because this power is amazing. The first is the power of transformation. The power of transformation. It is one of the most amazing things. It is one of the things that will be most viral about our faith. It is one of the things the world is desperately wanting to see in this faith that we proclaim. The power of transformation. And let, let me just say this, and I don't mean to be harsh here. Okay? But I do believe this is very accurate. A testimony without transformation is false advertising. A testimony without transformation is false advertisement. And and we've had way too much false advertising. Nobody appreciates false advertising. When the the packaging, the story says this, and then the actual product is, oh, yeah, no, not at all. I don't care if you're marketing cell phone or sharing your faith. That absolutely undermines people's confidence in whatever you're talking about. A testimony without transformation is false advertising. It's like we're, we're out, if, if that's the story, if we have a testimony, no transformation, it's like impersonating a Christian. See, the power of transformation is compelling and it's very simple. It's simply, I was this, but now, because of Jesus, I'm this. I was someone who was angry all the time, but now, because of Jesus, because of his presence, I find myself far more often at peace. And it's not, we're not, this is not a story. Your testimony is not one of perfection here, but it should be one of transformation. I was a person who was always worried about, about my, my stuff, and, and I was greedy, and I was selfish. And I've actually seen God begin to work a, a spirit of generosity in me. I was this, but now I'm this because of his presence working in me. The power of transformation. In fact, in Philippians 1.6... 
Paul said this, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. And we want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in this series called Outside the Circle and a Faith Gone Viral, as found on the sermon page at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And now the conclusion of the message, a demonstration of power, a faith gone viral. This is Real Life Radio. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Do you understand that, that you're like a construction zone? You're under construction? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the Spirit comes and he begins to work in you. He begins to mature you. He's begun a good work in you, and that maturity is ultimately making you more like Christ. I'm not talking about taking away your individuality. I'm talking about the character traits, those fruit of the Spirit, like Jesus had them. He's going to work them in you. You want love, joy, peace? You want more patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness? You want greater faith, humility, meekness, self-control? Those are all things that he is working. You are a construction zone. And Paul says, I guarantee you, I'm sure of this. He who began that good work will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. That's what maturity is. We call that grow. We call that grow here, right? We have our five decisions on the journey to real life. Follow, connect, grow, serve, and share. And that grow means from the minute we become a follower of Jesus, he begins to mature us in the spirit. That's transformation. Let me tell you something. Uh, We make it crystal clear around here. Um, It is not okay to not grow. It is not okay to be a follower of Jesus Christ and be the same as you were 10 years ago without any progress. Okay, that's a sign of a problem. It's not okay if 10 years from now I'm exactly the same, same struggles, no victory, no sense of maturity, if I'm the same 10 years from now as I am today. It's not okay because we are designed to grow. That's what the work of the Spirit, the theological term is sanctification, making me more like Jesus, setting me apart for God's purpose in my character, that inner work of transformation. And that is powerful. If you've been discouraged by things in your life and say, there's no way I can get over this, there's no way, I want to encourage you right now. Yes, there is. He who began that good work is able and is faithful to bring it to completion. The power of viral faith is the power of life change. Second thing, the power of restoration. Now, this is one that that throws some people. The power of restoration Because not only can God transform the things that hurt you in the past, but he can restore the things that you think you've lost for good. Restore the things that God has for you that you think there's no way. In Acts chapter 2, you remember Peter preaches that incredible sermon. 3,000 people come to know Jesus. 
And he quotes from, he quotes about the move of the Spirit from Joel chapter 2. He says, what we're talking about right here, what you're experiencing is what Joel prophesied about. This outpouring of the Spirit on all flesh. But there's another part of that Joel prophecy that he didn't refer to in that sermon, but is every much as true. Because remember, what God was saying is, when my people will turn, I will pour out my spirit, and this is what will happen. And then in verses 25 and 26 of Joel chapter 2, we read this. The Lord says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. How is that possible? They're already gone. I will restore to you the years, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, the cutter. My great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. The power of restoration. How can God do that? I don't know. He's God. I don't have to know how he does it. I just know he does it. That thing that God had for you that you think you think you lost, it was lost for good, that you screwed up too bad, he could never do that. I want to say to you, the word says God can restore those things to you, and he will restore. Those things he had for you, those things he put in your heart that you think, there's no way, there's no way. He can restore it to you. That's the power of the Spirit, and it's an amazing testimony to those around you. In fact, in our community group this last week, we started sharing, several of us shared about God's restorative power, how the things that we thought we had screwed up too much, God had brought into our lives. The things we thought had been lost, God now did. And let me tell you something, I was one of those people. I'm standing here as someone who says, man, I thought I blew some things too badly. There's no way, there's no way. And God said, oh, you forgot I'm God. You forgot I'm able to do far beyond what you ask or think. The power of restoration. The power of viral faith is the power of life change. Last thing, number three, the power of illumination. The power of illumination. Now, and really, this is when you stop and think about it, this is, this, is, uh, this is something that I think so many of us just leave on the table and we don't understand. I was reading in Micah chapter 3, verse 8, on this su- subject of power. And the prophet writes, But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, and with justice and might, to declare to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. In other words, there is a Spirit's power to speak truth and to turn the lights on, to witness, if you will, under the Spirit's power. Remember, last week we asked that question, okay, what do I say, what do I say? The question is, don't worry what to say. Just listen. Just listen. Listen and see what God does. Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 2 where we started, where he talks about, I didn't come with a lot of words, but in the Spirit's power. He picks up at verse 6 and says, Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it's not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. And then he goes on in verse 10, says, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. And he uses an illustration. Verse 11 is an illustration. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him. 
So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. In other words, that Spirit that's in us as followers of Jesus Christ can reveal the very thoughts of God because it is the Spirit of God. Verse 12, now we receive not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The power under the Spirit to have the lights turn on. Let me tell you something. The power of preaching, fundamentally, is the power of connection. Connection. Now, we can connect with things that are not great, right? You know, you can hear whether it's preachers or other speakers who will just tell people what they want to hear, and people go, mmm, that's good. You know? If I want to pack this church out, I'll just tell people God wants you to, to have health, wealth, and prosperity all the time and just kind of leave it at that. You know, because people go, oh, yeah, I knew it. I, mm, that feels good. Mm. In fact, Paul warns Timothy that some people will only sit for that kind of preaching. He talks about those that will gather teachers to themselves to tickle their ears with what they want to hear. But anointed preaching, and this is really significant, anointed preaching is when what the Spirit is saying through the preacher resonates with what the Spirit is saying to you. Now that's power. I have to tell you something. Um, as a preacher, <clears throat> okay, it's just like anything else we do in life. Sometimes you go, man, I felt good. I was right where God would be. It went great. Ah, oh, yeah, that's good. Awesome. And, and then there's other times I walk off the stage and go, dear Lord, I quit. Those people are dumber for having listened to me for the last 40 minutes. God, I, why would I ever do that again? Why would I subject those people to that? I want to go out and send a note of apology to every one of you sometimes. Okay? And sure enough, almost without fail, someone will come up to me and go, oh man, God spoke through what you were saying and oh, that changed my life. And I'm like, did you hear me in there? I'm embarrassed to be standing in front of you right now. And they're like, oh, but God spoke to me. I had to share this with my son the other day, who he's doing speaking now, speaking to youth, and he just was frustrated on a point, and he tried to get apart, couldn't get, get the point. I'm like, Ryan, I said, let me just tell you something. You have no idea what God's doing. You don't know what's necessarily connected or not. Dallas Willard, great quote. He said, he said, we worry about how it went, how it went, how it went. He said, the most significant thing that happens during any sermon or any talk or anything like that is not what I say to you. It's what the Spirit says to you because of maybe what I've said to you. You ever had those moments in the context of a message when you're listening and, man, God starts, something resonates with you, and then all of a sudden you start thinking about something else and you realize, oh, I just missed the last point and a half. And you know what? Let me just tell you, if that's because of what God taught you and was saying to you and applying to you, that's awesome. Now, it's because you're thinking about last night's Spurs game. That's a bummer, okay? That's pretty terrible, all right? You are a bad person, okay? I'm, I'm just kidding, just kidding. But you know what I'm saying? It's the power of the Spirit through the preacher to resonate something, and it resonates with what the Spirit has already been saying to you. And it's like truth, illumination. Do you understand that's not just for preachers? That's like for anybody. The Spirit wants to give you that power of illumination so that as you share with others, you l worry less about, oh my gosh, what should I say? Okay, listen. Listen to them and then listen to the Spirit. 
and then say what the Spirit nudges you to say. And then don't worry about it. You might, sometimes, and the Spirit will lead you to say something, you're like, Lord, that's weird. That doesn't make sense. And you'll say it. And I've had things to say, you know, I just want to tell you this. And and persons start crying, and I'm like, what? Well, what you don't know is da-da-da-da-da-da. But the Spirit knew. The Spirit knew. And folks, remember, we're just vessels. We're just the messenger. We're not the message. It's not about us. The power of illumination is incredible. It gives us that power. If we listen to the Spirit and share what He's put in our heart, it connects with people in a different way. And that is one of the amazing powers, life change, restoration, illumination, that takes this faith of ours viral. It truly is amazing. Person to person. That's our prayer. And this idea of illumination, this idea of God turning the lights on. Lord Jesus, we just pray that you'll take this faith of ours and make it something viral. Lord, something that spreads. We see so many things go viral in our culture. Goofy things, internet jokes, videos. Lord, this faith of ours was designed to spread virally and change lives. Turn the light on in people's hearts, in their spirits, their homes, their families, their careers. I pray that the faith that is resident in us, your spirit, Lord, we will share that. I pray that it will be something so natural. I just ask that we would be your people. And I pray, Father, that this week we would pause to reflect on what you've invested in us and how it's changed our lives. And I pray that we'll be willing to share that with others. We thank you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio, and we hope you've enjoyed this series on a faith gone viral, which is available right now on demand when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. With service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.